A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, observe what is right, do what is just, for my salvation is about to come, my justice about to be revealed. The foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, ministering to him, loving the name of the Lord and becoming his servants, all who keep the Sabbath free from profanation and hold to my covenant, them I will bring to my holy mountain and make joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The word of the Lord. reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I am speaking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I glory in my ministry in order to make my race jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable just as you once disobeyed God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience. So they have now disobeyed in order that by virtue of the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God delivered all to disobedience that he might have mercy upon all. The word of the Lord.
be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. We proceed deeper into the Gospel of St. Matthew. We're in the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28. And as we do, Jesus is, in his public ministry at this point, beginning to put the final touches on the lessons he intends to communicate to his disciples. And as we see it today, he has deliberately moved into Gentile territory, We may say, well, why is he going into that district? Why is he even bothering with that? Well, for one thing, he's probably tired. You know, signs and wonders are being performed by the Lord. That's the way the Gospels designate the miracles of the Lord Jesus. They refer to them as signs and wonders. And as a result, his reputation more times than not precedes him. No matter where he goes, it's hard for him to move in a manner where he won't be garnering too much attention. And so he figures, I'm sure, going into the Gentile territory, 
it'll be very um, unlikely that anybody would, that I would draw too much attention. Well, well, well. Lo and behold, we're told. In, in fact, the gospel tells us, behold, a Canaanite woman. In other words, be attentive to this woman. For it's through this woman that the gospel, that the, that the Lord intends to teach us the lesson for today. And she comes out making a ruckus. She's making a, a She's humiliating herself. She doesn't care because her misery that she's bearing is the misery of her daughter who is afflicted with a demon. And that's the essence of mercy. When you and I have a mercy for someone, it, it's to the point where we take upon ourselves whatever they're suffering. So she comes out crying out in such a way that the disciples are trying to get Jesus to dismiss the woman. She's a nuisance. She's making a scene. Come on. And you know the situation here. We're Jews. We're in Gentile territory. And it's this Canaanite. This was a Canaanite woman. Canaanites historically were arch rivals to the chosen people of God. In fact, they were always setting up some situation to create a, uh, themselves, to, to set themselves up as a nuisance to whatever it is God was intending for them. So that is also in play here. Well, initially, Jesus just ignores her. He doesn't even acknowledge her. And she comes to him, addressing him in a manner that affirms her belief in him as the God-man. She says, Lord. That title, Lord, can be a title of honor, but also it is equivalent to Kyrios, which is, as we heard what, on the Feast of the Assumption, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth is able to discern that Mary is with child, but not just any child. The God of heaven has come among us. And so it's in the same designation is being used by the Syrophoenician woman of the region of Cana. And so she falls down before the Lord, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. She also acknowledges that he is of the ethnic group of the Jews. She's aware of the cultural norms. She's aware of the standards and all of that about how women and men, especially a pagan or a Gentile in relationship to a Jew, a Jewish man has no business talking in public and all of those things. This woman isn't worrying about any of that. And she's not worrying about any of that because of who she knows Jesus to be and the insight and the conviction that he is the Lord. And this obviously catches Jesus' attention. So what does Jesus do? He seizes this opportunity to reaffirm his identity as the one sent by God, but also he seizes this opportunity to highlight that there is opportunity for those who are quote-unquote outside to receive what it is that God intends, not only for the Jewish people, but for the world. The Jewish people were chosen by God to be a blessing to the nations. That's their vocation. And we know, as we hear the writings of the Old Testament, they stumbled in that regard more times than not. They weren't open to going beyond their uh, the parameters of their own people. They were reluctant. But that still doesn't change the fact that God is for all. 
And so Jesus seizes the opportunity in, in relationship to this woman. In fact, we could say Jesus has possibly gone into this region specifically because he knew this woman was going to be there and he wants to have this encounter and, more importantly, the exchange. And what do we see modeled for us? Love, faith, and humility are exemplified in this Canaanite woman, a Syrophoenician origin. And so... Jesus addressing the disciples who are trying to get him to move her on, he says, again, reminding us as well as them of the order of salvation, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Now, you know, we have to note that it is possible to say something harsh. It's possible to say something harsh in a, in a gentle way. Some people have that ability. I have two people in my life right now. They can tell somebody to go to hell with a smile on their face and with a sweet, sweet voice. I mean, it's amazing. I, 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 I marvel at their ability. And it's just, it's, it's incredible. And so I kind of feel as though this is kind of what's at play right now with Jesus in relationship to this woman. He's well aware of the tension that this situation has presented but he's also delighted. He's actually thrilled that this woman is coming at him with such boldness, with absolute confidence in the light of what she knows about Jesus, or at least that she has this inkling, because again, his reputation precedes him. He has become known now as a great healer, but especially as an exorcist. And that's the issue here. This woman's daughter is possessed by a demon. And that for her, it, it warrants whatever it takes. She's prepared to do whatever it takes to render, to solicit from the God-man what he alone has to give. And what is that? Mercy and love. Hence the words, have pity, have mercy on me. And Jesus true to form, says, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. Now, no matter how we explain it, we have difficulty. Is it not off-putting to hear Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, referring to someone as a dog. But what type of a dog is he referring to? And there's two types of dogs. Then there's the unclean dogs, the ones that this, uh, these run around, they run around, and you just look at them, and you can see they're in all kind of uh, mischief and foolishness. And in fact, it's the kind of the unclean dogs is where we get that, uh, that B word that is referenced. And the Greeks came up with that designation of referring to unclean women, uh, they would refer to them, to them as those type of dogs. And that's where that comes from, that, that B word. Uh, but Jesus isn't referring to that type of a dog. He's referring to the little puppies, like, you know, the little uh, toy poodles and stuff that, that families would have in their households or that they would keep. And that's the designation he's referencing when he speaks of the children's bread 
not being thrown to the dogs. It's not to be thrown to the puppies. In fact, in my household, it, wasn't, it was never um, the adults that were giving the food for the children. It was the children taking their food and giving it to the dog under the table, especially the food that we usually didn't care to eat. <laughs> that was before us. And, and we, we, we obviously have to be very strategic, making sure mom and dad weren't watching. And we would hand it to him. I had my, my favorite pet. His name was Pup. He was uh, half cocker spaniel, half poodle. And he was wonderful, and I would always, he would always be right there, and I'd hand him a little bit here and there. Everybody's happy. I'm happy. Mom and Dad are happy because it seems as though, wow, Kyle is picky as he is. He's finally eating his food. Yes, with a little help from man's best friend. So we can gain insight that the mission of the Redeemer, as Jesus discloses it, yes, salvation is from the Jews. There is an order to salvation. I have come first for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That is the primary mission of the Messiah. But it was also understood that the Messiah would be the one to initiate the bringing back of the scattered tribes. When the Assyrians invaded 700 years before the advent of the Christ, many of the tribes were scattered in the southern kingdom, all over the place in Gentile territory. And so Jesus is also affirming that reality is in play. But he gives you and I a preview of what is to come following his resurrection from the dead. When he gives the great commission, go ye therefore into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So when we say today in the responsorial psalm, O God, O God, let all the nations praise you, the psalm, the writing from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 56, today's first reading, and way back in Genesis chapter 12, when, Mo, when uh, Abraham was being drawn from his land of his fathers to go, he was promised that his posterity would be the source of blessing for all the world. So the idea that this was an invention of Paul, who designate, designates himself as the apostle to the Gentiles, isn't, it wasn't something innovative from St. Paul. St. Paul, remember, everywhere St. Paul went proclaiming Christ, he always would go first to the synagogues, always first to the Jews. And then, regardless of who accepted or rejected it, then he would move to the Gentiles with the message. This is the order. And so Jesus is affirming this. He's confirming this. But this woman is laid before us to behold because... She represents for us, again, love, faith, and humility. And the best definition I enjoy to share and give about humility is humility means knowing one's place and taking it. This woman knew her place. She was, she was very much aware of her place, and she took her place. And from that place, she appealed to Jesus as the one who is the deliverer, who is the, the God of heaven and earth, in whom there is no partiality. God is for everybody. And so with that, she knows he has something to give. Have pity on me. Have mercy on me. And how does that come forth? She knows that the one true God is the God of mercy. We heard not long ago when Moses wanted to see the face of God, God told Moses, you can't. No human being can look upon me, but you will be able to hear my name. I'm going to pass by. He hid him into the, into the cleft of the mountain, 
And then the Lord passed by. The Lord, the Lord, a, a God who is slow, in, uh, slow to anger, rich in compassion, and rich in, in kindness and mercy, saying for. So here, when she says, Lord, son of David, it's on this that she prevails upon the Lord. The faith of this woman forces the Lord to divest himself of what he has to give and desires to give. There's only one other time in the writings of the gospel that a miracle happens at a distance, and that was the centurion. In fact, his proclamation was such that it's actually incorporated in our mass. Remember, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. I'm a man of authority. If I tell these soldiers to go here and there, they do it. I believe that if you would but say the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus turned to the disciples and said, I assure you in all of Israel, I have never seen such faith. Notice the, the, the issue that catches Jesus' attention is faith. And then he tells the centurion, it shall be done as you've requested. So for us today, let us consider, let us meditate this week on a petition that we have placed before the Lord. A request that we've made of God that it seemingly has been ignored or it's not on his radar or something, maybe we've done something wrong or whatever, but however it goes, we've kind of dismissed it as not being um, of, of, of regard, that God has no regard for it. I want to suggest to us that that may not very well be the case at all. It may be more that God has responded. He has answered the prayer, but he's answered it in a way that we didn't expect. Because in what's happening with this woman and Jesus too, what is it that Jesus finds most, most filling for him? To do the will of my Father is my food. So perhaps he hears the will of his father through this woman, how she presents herself and how she appeals to him as the God-man. So as we hear the word of God today, reminding us of the universality, reminding us that all of us were those puppies. We were of Gen Most of us are of Gentile origin. We were those puppies. That even, yes, the crumbs would be handed to, the, the scraps would be thrown to by the master. That as we approach Jesus today in the second part of our liturgy, let us realize that just as this Syrophoenician represents what it looks like when someone is in such a circumstance, when their situation is so dire that they're prepared to do whatever it takes, that God the Father was prepared to do whatever it took to bring restoration to the whole of this creation. And what was that? To send his only son into this world to die. And in dying, he would destroy death and establish us back in a state of holiness again. So let us approach with confidence today. As God hears you and hears me, sees you, sees me, he knows your plight, he knows my plight. And in response, what does he do? He gives us everything necessary for us to receive and to give in like fashion. God love you.